Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the Lower Columbia Pacific region. I am one of your hosts, Teresa Retzloff, and with me in the studio today is Jessica Schleif. Hi, Teresa. Are you are you Hi, Dylan. are you comfortable with with co-hosts yet? I I, I think co-hosts could be okay. Could be here. We, it's like official. We could, we could have All reached right. it. We're, today. we're coming out today. Yes. Coming out as co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad we're going to do this together. It's going to be great because you are such a good person in the garden. And I'm a real lapsed gardener, I think, since I started oh. farming. No, it's true. I mean, farming is so different than gardening. And I was a passionate gardener for so much of my life. And then I had to unlearn a lot of that when I started farming because it's just you're working with growing things, but in a very different way. Yeah, and yeah. so it's been so fun to connect with you and kind of let that gardener part of me sneak out again and be like, I, I totally understand that <laughs> as a, as a um, an Oregon kid that was grown grown up as a as a farmer <laughs> and had to learn how to not plant in rows, <laughs> and that comes very naturally these days. But coming yeah. to the farm and and working with you out at the farm is definitely. Um, my row mind has come back in again sometimes. It's so yeah. interesting, I know. But I, I love how you, you keep me a little bit wild, and that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking of wild, we've had some wild weather. Isn't it? It's just been ap- a- <laughs> after all of us thinking, oh, we're not going to have any winter I know. out here on the North it Coast. It was such an amazing, beautiful January. I know the end of January, I was like working in the sun, down to a T-shirt. Yep. We absorbing the, the lovely days, warm days and just thinking vitamin like, D. Yep. Feeling like this is pretty cool. And then, and then we and woke up is, to snow. Yeah. And this is still beautiful mm-hmm. and natural. Absolutely. And I, I mean, it, to me, it's a good reminder that, I mean, I, I, I look at photos every year of like what happened last year to kind of remind myself when did things start to bloom? When did mm-hmm. I seed this? When did I plant? And absolutely. I think it was at the end of February last year yeah. that we had snow. So yeah. snow in February is not uncommon. Yes, but we have short-term memory loss or something because each year I convince myself, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I know, I know. And then here we are. So, uh, you know, I always get a lot of questions after that about, like, snow. Oh, my goodness. You know, and I it's I was joking earlier. So this is a little bit like one of those, like, you know, closing the barn doors after the horse is yes, already bolted. Exactly. But it's like, but there's potentially more snow in the forecast. Certainly some more cold yeah, weather. Yeah. I don't think we're out of out of these snowy woods no, yet. No, it looks like some of these nighttime temps mm-hmm. are still going yeah. down below freezing. So what are some of the things that for gardeners um, to really think about, like just some some cautious, like, prep things that you could do well you know there's <laughs> so the things don't like that there's like so the things i ran around and did <laughs> right before the really cold weather <laughs> tell us about that jessica <laughs> i don't know that you know the real obvious draining your draining your hoses draining your water pipes turning off pipes that are coming into the house and then i actually you know did that very responsible thing and wrapped my water spigots I, okay, yes, and, and ours are wrapped as well, but I just have to say, because you were an artist, I want you to describe what you told me you wrapped your spigots with. Well, I, I decided that I should make this uh, more of an art project, which probably just came out of necessity of looking around, like, what should I wrap my pipes with? And I had a, a, a very old friend cashmere sweater that had been um, stitched together and patched together, and I thought, this could be the perfect end of your life, and I took that up. 
apart. And now all three of my hose bibs are, are, are wrapped sweetly in cashmere. adorned in cashmere <laughs> with little red ribbons tied around. You know, but it works. I mean, it's, you know, who's to say? It doesn't, I mean, it's certainly a lot it more attractive than, you know, like bubble wrap and foam and things like that. So in but, some but, ways, it's like whatever you have, it's yeah, an insulating exactly. material. Providing protection, whatever it mm-hmm. is, not feeling like, oh, I need to run down to the lumber yard and get one of those little pieces of styrofoam mm-hmm. if it's over, that it's okay to use blankets or fabric or mm-hmm. foam. Just or... something that'll provide an insulating layer so that your pipes it... don't freeze and crack. Exactly. That's that, the thing. You know, some of the other things that I've been doing um, <clears throat> during the summer, uh-huh. it's hard not to resist some of those tender plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Echeverias, aeoniums, some of these beautiful sedums that just really get you. Like your little succulent plants. Yeah, your little succulent plants. And I often keep these in pottery. And there have been winters where I just haven't gotten out there. And I watch all of them liquefy when it does actually get cold. Mm-hmm. But this year I was able to pull them into closer to the house, sides of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I created some little cloches from some pieces of glass. Yeah. Um, if you don't have a greenhouse, you can still save these things, popping them into a sunroom. Um, Even a garage. A garage. Just something that's a little insulated. Exactly. An indoor I, space. I brought some pots of um, agaves and things close together and then just uh, brought some straw around. It just kind of tucked straw around the pottery in a uh-huh. protective way. Well, you were mentioning pottery, too. If you have containers in the garden, those can crack in freezing weather, yeah. and I know I, I say that as someone who's lost a lot of terracotta pots along yeah. the way, yeah. because the plants in them, if there's moisture in the soil in the pot, that will expand as it freezes, and yes. that can push the pots apart and, and cause them to crack. Or if you're using pots as water basins in the garden, which I often do for wildlife and mm-hmm. just for visuals, bringing the sky down into the garden, emptying those again, mm-hmm. bringing them into a, a more protected spot. Uh, sometimes I've just used fabric, mm-hmm. honestly, and I have kind of a, a stack of textiles that I'll use sometimes to even throw over plants. No, okay, so I so I have a question about that because I know sometimes there's confusion about like if you just drape a sheet over a plant or something like that, does that actually protect the plant? I mean, because because if the if the fabric freezes, yeah, is it not causing the plant to freeze as well? Yeah, and most of these fabrics that I'm using are a little bit woolier. And so a woolier fabric, a woolier is... fabric, and just kind of tucking it against the bases of the plants, mm-hmm. or um, something that I've seen at the Chinese gardens where they have a lot of. Um, like banana trees and mm-hmm. palms that are a little bit more uh, tender, they'll actually use that regrass matting. Oh, okay. And and do a wrap around the whole pot and the plant and and stuffing that with straw, and then a, a little tying tying it. it. And that could be, you know, if you have something that you're just not going to be able to move. Um, Finding a way to protect it Finding in place. Finding a way to protect it in place. When I saw that at the Chinese Garden, I thought, that's oh, really God, cool. that's so brilliant because it looks kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you unpack them in the spring. And... Mm-hmm. Like when there's when the danger of serious yes. freezing has exactly. passed. Exactly. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in some ways just like taking a moment to walk around your garden and maybe do an inventory of the things that 
that could go badly wrong if you just leave it outside. <laughs> we talked about that around <laughs> um, around windstorms and kind of looking mm-hmm. like, hmm, what I could wonder go if flying? that metal trellis that's barely tucked into the ground yeah. might do better in the garage. Or... Yeah. It just seems like, I mean, I, th- I think it's one of those things that I always mean to do like in like the beginning of November and do that kind of like, what could go flying? Oh, yeah. What could yeah. freeze? And I'm definitely the kind of person that's either like, you know, eight o'clock the night before running around like a mad person, like, oh, it snow's coming. Or, you know, it's the day after going, oh, look, those chairs did really tumble all the way across the yeah, farm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, you know plant losses are yeah. inevitable. Mm-hmm. You are going to lose some plants. Or, or for yeah. me right now, I'm looking at so many of the things that are annuals that have reseeded themselves, uh, like the Sorrente or the poppies. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of thinking their turger pressure is down and I'm like, are you going to come back? They are might. you done? And, and sometimes yeah. they can, yeah. especially in protected spots. Absolutely. Don't give up on them yet. Yeah. And so that would be another thing, too, is like for uh, perennials or plants that maybe could have been protected, but you didn't get yeah. them protected like me. Um, oftentimes when they get cold, they'll get some like tip burn yep. or some freeze burn on the but external parts. But might still be alive at yeah. the base. Yeah. So, so would you recommend waiting? Like don't, don't give up on it yet, but don't cut it back yet. Yeah. Go ahead and leave those things up. The fuchsias, the melianthus major, you know, a lot of these tender things that we're kind of pushing in the garden. Um, but again, it is okay to bring some straw or some ornamental grass debris or some leaf mulch or things like that and tuck them up against some of these more tender things. Even if they've been even if damaged. Even if it's damaged already. That'll now, still help If we're going to keep going into a cycle of another couple of weeks of these lower time temps, um, j- just bringing your mulch layer up, uh, lemon verbena, um Ooh, I think I've got some outside. Yeah, and and that's okay. And for multiple seasons, we've been able to winter those over outside. And Mm -hmm. honestly, by bringing a mulch layer up a little bit closer to them, covering the soil around um, the drip line, Mm -hmm. sometimes you can make it so that those things can survive through and maybe have a little bit of growth higher up the stem. Okay when we start over in spring. Or you start over. Or you start over. And it's an opportunity to introduce something it new is. into the garden. It is. And that is a beautiful way to look at those spaces, opportunities, and, and also to possibly think of some of these plants as annual. Mm-hmm. Maybe not every season, but the, Maybe there are like lemon s- verbenas to be had. There are pineapple sages to be had. Oh, dang, I think I forgot to bring the pineapple sage inside yeah. the greenhouse. Oh, yeah. And I'm weathering many of these in place in the garden. I am just, at, as I'm doing my fall cleanup, I'm, I'm pulling a little mulch layer close mm-hmm. to those. So some, something to think about in the fall. Yeah, something to think about in the fall. Um, which is long past so next fall so next fall we'll have this conversation we'll have a little checklist i try and remind myself again but just not beat myself up too hard now yeah yeah and and even though we are in the midst of this cold weather spring it's really right around the corner definitely is i mean you mean there's been a lot of bulbs shooting up you're seeing a lot of that green i know you brought me some snowdrops the other day that were so beautiful camellias are blooming i always thought i mean if you're a fan of camellias, I am sorry about for what I'm about to say, but I just find that <laughs> the stupidest plant for this area because they bloom at the worst time of year. You get these gorgeous 
flowers. And then they get rained on, they yeah. get hailed, they freeze, yeah. they fall all over the ground. It's like Brings having a whole inside. bunch of, like someone, like just blowing their nose on a bunch of tissues <laughs> and throwing it all over my garden. It's like I have this huge camellia. I just want to cut it down and burn it. It's oh, just so, I mean. you are so speaking my language. We haven't even <laughs> talked about this, but I have one directly at the back of my house. Yeah. Which I have. Uh, pruned and limited yeah. the number of branches and pruned it up and this and that. Uh, but still, I mean, that two-month-long cycle of those blooms falling. Well, and it's just like they're, I mean, they are lovely, lovely flowers. They're so pretty. But I, I feel like there's like half an hour where it looks beautiful and then it looks <laughs> terrible. They, they do. Here's the one thing that I comfort myself with. They make an enormous amount of um, organic debris for the compost. That's what I try to tell myself. <laughs> so basically it's just an enormous like compost pile in the sky. So I just look at my camellia sets. Because I, yeah, that just is, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking out the window here at the studio and at something blooming in the distance and thinking, ah, plant but they're but some of them are so beautiful ouch i know and i shouldn't say that because well, all are plants new, are beautiful they, they, in their place and there are new varieties mm-hmm. you know like that yuletide or some of the uh, more hybridized varieties of the camellia do not reach such a large stature yes which creates that kind of debris yeah i know i mean and it is i at the same time, it is beautiful to see that pop of color. Yes, there are the right quince now. this time of yeah. year. And the same thing with that. There are varieties that are um, of a more diminutive size that we can fit into like our garden. I how you gardens. said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm not, I'm not going to give up on... So you camellia we lovers, don't, you don't call me and, and hate at me. <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm willing to work on my relationship with them. But, uh, but it just is frustrating. Yeah. The, the soggy flower is not into that. Yeah, I, I know. Hear you. Oh, my God. <laughs> the challenges. I know. The challenges. <laughs> well, um, you must be starting things in the greenhouse now. We are. I know I've been. It's been crazy the other day when it was snowing and there was snow all over the ground and it was snowing and I was out in the greenhouse seeding lettuces and kale and collards and arugula and all these things, you know, getting ready for spring because spring, yeah. as you said, is right around the corner and it's, it's not going to be that long before it's okay to tuck some of those plants into the garden. And uh, it's so it's weird having that getting that jump on the season where, you know, we use some stuff. I, I germinate on heat mats, some stuff we use lights to help with, especially some of our early season, you know, fl- uh, flowers or plants that take have a they need a long time before they bloom. Mm-hmm. So you really do need to get them started early so that you're planting them outside right when you can, which is usually like that mid-April, last yeah. frost date. You really need to get them in the ground. But in order for that to work, you can't be starting them from seed then. You have to have been starting them from seed eight to ten weeks before exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> and even in our shorter growing climate mm-hmm. for the vegetables, yeah. Um, yeah, there you are lots get... of things that you need Absolutely. to start ahead of time if you're yeah. going to be able to have them reach fruition out in the I garden. I know. It is one of the most challenging things about gardening in this area is that – a lot. I mean, a lot of times it's like soil temperatures are when seeds will germinate. They, the soil temperature needs to reach a certain level for seeds to germinate, um, for them to not rot in the ground. Yeah. And yet it takes a while for that sort of soil temperature. That might not happen until mid-May, yeah, yeah. sometimes even into June. And if you're waiting that late to get something in the ground, you know, so it's it's always a, a dance. Um it's always a dance. Anyway, I before I forget, because I've been forgetting to do this the last few shows, uh, I just want to let people know that you are listening to Coast Community Radio, KMUN Astoria 91.9 FM, KTCB Tillamook 89.5 FM. We're streaming at coastradio.org. And you're listening to In Season. And uh, I'm Teresa 
chatting with Jessica. Howdy. We're talking about uh, freezing times in the garden. We're talking about freezing times in the garden, and we're talking about the upcoming season and Mm -hmm. what our options are to eat amazing food and smell Mm -hmm. beautiful flowers. Absolutely. There's some really cool stuff coming. There's Well, there's a couple of events I wanted to talk to you before we go into getting ready to eat eat well this season. Yeah. Um, I wanted to let people know that this coming uh, f- uh, Saturday, February 9th, um, down in Manzanita at the Lower Nahalem Community Trust's Alder Creek Farm property, they're having a pruning workshop. These, like a fr- this is part of us eating Eating well. well. Get, is get learning fr- to... <laughs> absolutely. Learn how to take care of your fruit trees. So David Sipp is going to be uh, showing how to prune fruit trees, young and old. They've got a beautiful orchard down there at their farm. It's this part is the of Alder Creek Farm. Alder Creek Farm. It's a community garden mm-hmm. that um, volunteers manage. Um, and they're also going to be doing some demonstrations on pruning berries, like blueberries and currants, gooseberries and things like that. So if you have questions about how to prune your fruit trees or how to take care of your berries, this would be a really great place to go check it out. I, I believe it's free. Um, if you look up the Lower Nahalem Community Trust online mm-hmm. um, and check out Alder Creek Farm or look at their upcoming events on their website, that would be a great place to find out about it and um, just check in with them. Maybe let them know you're coming. Sure. But um, And that's in Nahalem? It's in Nahalem. Uh, well, kind of in between Manzanita and Nahalem. Yeah. There's a little yeah. road you drive down. And it's a beautiful property. If you've never been, I totally encourage you to go. It's such a great place. And this is such a great way to see demonstrations of pruning. There's nothing like having somebody actually physically showing you, cut this branch here, cut this thing here. This is what that joint looks like. Yeah. I mean, I've tried to teach myself how to prune out of books and from like online videos. And it's nothing like seeing someone do it in like live yeah, th- in front of you. Yeah, there's something about being next to someone, mm-hmm. the, the physicality of their work, if they really know <laughs> what they're doing. That maybe you can soak up some of that. Soaking up some of that would be great. There's another really cool workshop coming up uh, that I think sounds so beautiful and inspiring on the 16th, February 16th, at Brim's Farmer Garden in Astoria. Um, Barbara Lynette is going to be giving a talk about hummingbirds Ooh. and inviting hummingbirds into the garden, sort of how to, to safely feed them and enjoy them. Um, and they're going to be having you know, prizes and discounts and stuff like that. Um, that starts at 1 p.m. And if you want more information about the Hummingbird program at Brim's Farm and Garden, I would either stop by their store or give them a call or check out their website. They've got information How there. How exciting. I know. That hummingbirds really are so amazing. And we're seeing them stay through the winter it's true. more and more now. So I think understanding what kind of habitat they like, what kind of plants they like, how to, you know, what to put in your feeders if you are feeding them so that they stay healthy. Those are all really great things to know about. So definitely if you're a hummingbird fan, um, stop by that talk again. It's on the 16th of February at Brim's Farmer Garden. Um, And then we were were talking about eating well. And uh, if you are, you know, maybe you like to grow some food for yourself, but not... You can't grow everything. Maybe you like to buy starts of things and pretend like you've grown them from seed. <laughs> but, but also, um, the, like, a, we have such a, a growing um, community of great small farms mm-hmm. in our region, in this whole we lower so Columbia, lucky. North Oregon coast region. And this time of year, winter, is when a lot of your small farms are starting up their community-supported agriculture programs. This is um, commonly known as CSA. You'll hear people talk about a farm CSA program. So CSA stands for Community-Supported Agriculture. And this is where you can connect with a farm 
and sign up to become a member of their CSA program. And usually what ends up happening is that you um, pay money up front. And then um, when they start to harvest their produce, you are paid back in produce. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes you're paid back in flowers. Sometimes it's fruits, depending on whatever it is that that plant, that farm grows. And different farms have different ways of doing this. Um, but there's a lot of farms in our region that offer CSA programs. And um, I think that, there, that there's two organizations, one down in Tillamook and one up here in Clatsop County, that I think are great places to start if you're curious about what local farms offer these kinds of programs. So if you're down in the Tillamook area, I would connect with Food Roots, um, and their website is foodrootsnw.org. Um, they have a Tillamook County Locally Grown Guide, which is yeah, a, a guide to local that. farms. They also have a really cool project that they host at their offices in town in Tillamook um, called Farm Table, where it's, it's like a little farm stand store there at their offices. It's at 113 Main Avenue in Tillamook. Um, and again, I think if you go to their website, you'll be able to see what hours that store sure. is open. But they would be able to tell you and, and and give you some idea of like, what are the local farms in, in that region throughout Tillamook County, North Tillamook County, South Tillamook County, all throughout who's offering a CSA program and maybe give you some ideas of how to connect with them. And this is a great way to have yourself and your family eat healthily, eat food that tastes Mm -hmm. good. But this is a fantastic way to support our local farmers. Absolutely. I mean, and saying, speaking as a, as a small farmer, the really great thing about this is that this is a time of year when we're having to buy seeds, compost, you know, seasonal protection, new tools, make a lot of infrastructure investments and startup investments mm-hmm. in our season. But often when there's not very much growing that we can harvest and sell, so our cash flow is at our lowest point. And so this early season investment that people make in your farm by giving you cash now and then being willing to wait and then get paid back later in the season Mm -hmm. in in the harvest, you're getting a share in the harvest. Um, That's the most amazing startup loan for small farms. And that's how how it really is possible for a lot of farms. That early income from a CSA is what makes it work. So um, so really think about reaching out to farms and um, and connecting with them. If you're up here in Clatsop County or maybe in Pacific County, Wakayakum, on the Washington side of the river, um, I would get in touch with North Coast Food Web. They have a Tri-County Columbia Pacific Food Guide that they've published. Um, I'm not sure if it's still on their website. It might be. Um, it's North Coast Food foodweb.org, mm-hmm. I, think. I think, or you just Google North Coast Food Web and, and you'll find them. Uh, and they have, I think they still have physical copies of it at well at their offices. Their offices are here in Astoria. And um, every Thursday this season, they're hosting something they call Egg Day, um, which is more than just eggs. Yeah. But you can stop by, it's, again, it's kind of like a farm stand. It's once a week on Thursdays. And you can buy eggs, local cheese, bread, um, jams, yeah, farm products there as well. And that would also be a great time. And I think during the season, there's a number of farms that have their CSA pickup site there at the North Coast Food Web offices. And so that would be a great place to stop in and find out. And I believe in early March, um, I don't know that a date's been set yet, but North Coast Food Web also usually hosts something they call Meet Your Farmer, which would be a one-day event where farms would show up at their offices, they'd set up a table, they'd have handouts about their CSA programs, and the public can stop in and find out about that. And so you can connect, speak directly with the farmer, ask them about their program, and kind of see if it's the right fit for you. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a dating thing. I think, you know, <laughs> I mean, farms have personalities just like people do, and you want to make sure that you're a good fit for that farm. Um, and so, like, what they're growing or stuff that you might actually want to 
want to eat, yeah. the, what their growing season in work is works for you. Um, but those are some really great ways to be connected to the growing season. And so if you, maybe you don't have a garden where you can grow your own food or maybe you have a small garden, but you like to eat lots of produce, um, these are some, just some really great ways to, to eat better, taste the season, which is so amazing, the stuff that can be grown out here. It's true. And, um, and you're supporting small farms and local agriculture, which I think is a really um, key part of our local healthy food yeah, systems. Yeah, that just seems like such a win-win for people, like a guaranteed yeah. incoming produce yeah. and, and, a, and a jump start for the farmers in the spring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I can't even begin to say how important it is for um, so many small farms that I talked to. We, I, we just had a great uh, coastal farmers retreat this last weekend down in uh, Manzanita. A bunch of local small farmers got together for a full day of just kind of sharing resources and stories and commiserating. Someone likened it to kind of group therapy for small farmers. And <laughs> it was great. It was super good. And, um, you know, Oregon State University Small Center for Small Farms helped to support that and provide some of the funding to make that possible. And it was really, really great. But it was interesting to listen to all the small farms talk about how important those CSA programs are and, and that connection that they have to their customers and how meaningful that is for them. And uh, I just love that there's so many different small farms now throughout our region Yeah, that, you know, that offer that or that maybe sell through a farm stand. There's some really great farm stands in our area, too. So um, connecting through those as well. There's so much good stuff. There I'm, is, I'm getting kind of excited about it. It's inspiring <laughs> to see. It's inspiring yeah. to see um, young farmers, new farmers, mm-hmm. older farmers. It's inspiring to see us growing food out here on the North Coast and more of that, mm-hmm. more variety. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. I'm excited to see so many people incorporating edible things into their gardens too yeah. and kind of supplementing either what they get at the grocery store, what they get from small farms or farmers markets with stuff that they can grow in their gardens. I think that, yeah, that and, awareness it, of edible landscaping I exactly. think is something that's... And that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, that Absolutely. you don't have to grow all your food. <laughs> no, but like having a few things in your garden that you can graze from, yes. like one or two crops that you really love, that are those things that are so delightful to just go out and pick a few. Like, yeah. you know, I think about snap peas and... Tomatoes. Yeah, they're so amazing. Tomatoes. And greens. Yeah. Greens are such mm-hmm. a special thing to be able to just... Salad supplement mm-hmm. your your meals mm-hmm. with and or having some right fruit there. having some blueberries or raspberries that you can just stand there in your garden yeah go Herbs. out in the, in the morning in your pajamas and pick a few berries to put on your cereal that yeah. morning is so good so good so there's going to be so many opportunities to um fill your plants fill your fill your gardens <laughs> with great plants this year um so start thinking about that yeah stay connected do think be aware of the weather. Yep. Be aware of the weather. It's going to stay uh, cold. Plan for the future. Plan for the future. <laughs> wrap your hose pipes in cashmere. Yes. <laughs> I really kind of love that, and I need to go find it. I've got a few um, sweaters that the moths have been at, so maybe I'll sacrifice them for some stylish hose pipe yes. protection yes. Um, <laughs> going forward. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm excited about about spring but i'm i appreciate this reminder that winter is not done with us yet winter's not officially done with us until late march well and honestly in the 
look on the bright side, the light is beautiful. It is The very visuals beautiful. of this are just g- gorgeous. I know. And some of those things that I, as a gardener, were, I was starting to fleas, mm-hmm. flea beetles. Oh, yeah. Aphids. It's good to have a freeze. infections. I'm so happy for this freeze in some ways. Yeah, it does know. knock back some of those things. So yeah. there's, there's a blessing. Yes. There's a silver lining. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us um, oh, today on In Season. I know it was a great conversation and um i think we're just about finishing up our show uh i'm i know i think it's uh folk music coming up next is it carol in today i'm not sure it's gonna be Susie. Susie. oh Susie's oh, in today Susie cool in so that's house. gonna be some great music coming up uh and um we'll talk to you next time thanks we'll for joining us soon. see you soon bye <laughs>